hey, everybody. Welcome back to the It's On podcast with Obel and Naika. Today, we have the privilege to chat with an accomplished, empowering, and decorated young woman. We will be speaking with Patricia Desert, who's a published author, social entrepreneur, president of Safe Souls Ministry, CEO of La Distinction Co., holding a bachelor in psychology and two masters in social work and health and wellness. Apart from all that, Patricia is a wife and a mother of two, and also our dear cousin from our dad's side of the family. We're incredibly proud of her for all she's accomplished and the work she's doing in our community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Everybody, welcome back to the It's On podcast with Obel, Naika, Patricia. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. That means you listen to our podcast sometime because you know to say Patricia. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you were right on time. The clue. You were, yeah, yeah, you, you know right I on. listen. <laughs> yeah. Very smart young lady. So today, Aww. guys, we are so happy because we have um our older cousin and our dad's side of the family joining us to talk about some serious conversation about mental health. We're so happy to have her. We have been waiting, like I feel like all our all of our listeners have been waiting on this interview because mm-hmm. we have kind of been advertising it, but you know, oh yeah, yes. we have been advertising it for the longest. But finally we have you here and we are so excited. Finally, I am super oh, excited. I'm excited and anxious. Oh no, trust me, you you'll know, be you know, fine. It's, it's like talking about mental health with your little cousin, and then you're like, huh, what kind of question they're gonna ask me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's such a touchy topic, so mm-hmm. I can understand we have to be very sensitive when we talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. And I must be honest, like I'm very ignorant when it comes to like the topic of mental health. So mm-hmm. there's a lot that I'm not knowledgeable about. So excuse me if I ask the wrong question, but I'm just going to like ask question. And if you want, you can correct me on like how to properly ask it, because I feel like there's a lot of people who are ignorant like me when it comes to like the whole topic of mental health. Mm. Okay. You're fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Well, before we like get into the serious stuff, like we want to know about you. Like we give an intro about you, but we want mm-hmm. you to tell us about you and what you have accomplished because you've accomplished some great things. And we want you to let us know about let the people know, know what we already know. <laughs> yeah. well, you know something though, if that's always like the hardest thing for me to do, not because like I have any type of, you know, like some kind of feelings about not talking about myself because I do talk mm-hmm. about myself sometimes, mm-hmm. most times. <laughs> it's like every time somebody asks me, oh, tell us what you do, what you've accomplished. And then I feel all of a sudden I feel lost because I'm like, okay, I, I study me. random things. Like I'm always in school. Where do I start? So okay, well, what part of my life do you want to know? You know Anything let's, you want to share with us. No, no, no. Let's, let's get, let's be direct. Let's get to the okay. fun part. Let's mm-hmm. learn about your marriage. You're married and you have kids. So, yes. you know, you can talk about that. Let's start with that. Okay. Yes. So I am married. Um, I've been married for um, 10 years now, uh, 12 years now. Oh my God. Wow. I'm forgetting. Oh my so God. Long. I've been married for 12 years and we met um, when we were, we used to live in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. and we're still in high school. So wow. uh, we were friends for like a couple of years and then, you know, boyfriend and girlfriends, childhood stuff. And when, when we came here, he came here before me and then we met again. And then we went to a rebellious age with our parents trying to <laughs> keep us away from each other. And then we got married. Wow. And um, now we have two beautiful children. You all, I think everybody know my 
daughter. <laughs> love them. Love them. They're like the cutest kids ever. Yeah, yeah. I have a I have a six year old daughter and then I have a one year old boy, um, Jade Chloe and Kingsley. And um, they're my life. They're my the center of my universe. And I think because of them, God used them. I think because I've always had a dream of being a mom since I was like a child. I think I, th- I talk about it a lot. God mm-hmm. used them to kind of just transform my life in a way that I never thought um, possible. Wow. And um, in in school, you know, I'm a social worker, um, a clinician. And I'm also in school for health and wellness coaching and um, for work. I work at SafeSo. I work at Distinction Co., my company that I created along with my daughter. And um, I work at Perspective Health as a therapist. So I do a lot of random things. I'm also still at Columbia, but I'm not working this semester. I'm in plenty of spaces. Listen, she's multiversed. I want to talk about your many master degrees. (laughs) (laughs) It's only one and a half. (laughs) One and a half is more than we have. (laughs) So, um, you have a master degree in what exactly? I have a master's degree in um, social work, science of social work. So, it's not the typical social work degree. Um, I did um, macro. I, I did my concentration in macro social work, but I also get the, so I got the clinical and the social enterprise administration part. Um, mm. And then right now I'm doing a second master's in health and wellness coaching. Um, Patrice yeah. is about to coach all of us. Okay. Oh, and she's not okay. coach. She coaches me every day. <laughs> So for those who are not really like we don't know anything about the social work micro what is it micro, micro or social work? Macro. macro yeah can you tell us a little bit more about it exactly so in social work you have you have several fields and then the possibility are very endless when you finish school and in, when you go to school you have several options you can concentrate in um, direct practice which is you know I'm in social work and I'm going to go into therapy as a clinician. Like I want to be a clinician. I want to do direct care practice. Um, that's one, that's one highway that you can take it. Some people also choose to go the policy route where you work in government or even if not in government, like you work in terms of creating policy wherever with like institutions. Mm-hmm. And what I did is um, social enterprise administration, um, and the type of things that you study when you do social enterprise administration, you study business. It's almost like a business degree with like a social um, work aspect of it. So mm. we studied, um, I had classes like in nonprofit foundation, uh, finances, um, entrepreneurship. So uh-huh. you take all of these classes. So basically they prepare you if you want to leave school after social work and then build your own company or start your own company or go work mm. for a foundation or these kind of organization that you have the foundation as a social worker um, to, to be a supervisor or to be a manager or anywhere. Um, so it prepares you for that. Whereas if I went to school and said that I wanted to do direct practice, then you only be getting clinical classes. And then when Mm -hmm. you're done, you'll be prep for clinical work, not necessarily Mm. administration. Some Mm. people does clinical practice and then still have, um, the administration, administrative skills, but, you know, it's Mm. always better when you get it from school instead of trying to learn it on your own. Okay. It remind me of that show with Lisa Ray on HBO. Was she a social work that worked for an organization? You know what that show was that. You like so that show. You're ta- are you talking about um Insecure? Insecure. Oh, no, first, never watching. No, I don't think so. I don't think she was a social worker. She just worked no, for a first, nonprofit. Yeah, the first season she had a master in I think her background was in like social, social work. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it kind of remind me of that, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Maybe. Still impressive. Like, yes. yes. It, it's, you can do so many things so with much. social work, actually. Yeah. So many things. Exactly. Yeah. It's very well-rounded. Like, And I think you have like a whole base of knowledge. And you just mm-hmm. choose which field you just kind of like want to you know, dive, you know, get into. And yeah. also we are here to talk about mental health. We want to yeah. know like what kind of like, what is something that gravity, like why do you gravitate so much towards mental health and what is your experience with mental health that makes you gravitated? And I know now she's my partner guys for everybody who didn't know. Yes. That's the partner, my cousin. <laughs> she worked with, yeah, she, she, you and I work closely with safe. So, but what is something, tell the people like what, kind of made you, um, I guess, care so much about mental health in general? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think for my life, uh, it was very important to me. And I did not know, you know, it was like mental health. I just knew that mm. I was always interested in my, like, what's going on inside of me. My feelings mm. always connected with my emotions. And that's why I, I've been journaling since I was little. Like, I, mm. I would just sit down when everybody's sleeping with my bougie and stuff. You know, Kendo in Haiti, just writing yeah. stuff. And I've always been connected to my feelings and my emotion. And I didn't know that there was a field, you know, about it. And then you come here and then you start studying all of these things in school. And mm-hmm. one day... I was, but I was trying like all of the wrong major. No offense, Obel. I, 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 I <laughs> none taken, none taken. Go ahead. You know, the medical field, I try all of this. That's why when I graduated college, I had so many um, credits. Oh, wow. So what, wow. what um, gravitated me toward mental health is like my own experience with it, where I was doing so well in life in everything and and like people around me would like oh yeah she's great or she's still that she's very smart she's like president of my school like wherever I am in school so but I was always like broken because there are a lot of unresolved issues with myself Mm. things that I never addressed things that I just pushed down and then you think it's all about like getting the grades getting the thing but it's just like I've always felt like it's not enough always felt mm. like it's not enough like I reached that you know you're graduating and I'm like oh what's now like you always like what now you know what's yeah. next like I don't I don't feel it like I would walk into a room and people were like oh my god great job and I don't feel it I, I was never connected with the things that I was pursuing but I but I was so hungry, I would say, at pursuing them. Like I pursue mm. things. I just want to mm. build up and uh, achieve as many things as possible. So then I get into social work and started studying like mental health. Um, even in undergrad, when I started studying psychology and everything started to make sense. I remember when I take, um, I took my, my first psychology class um, no, after you get the first psychology class, the one that captivated me was abnormal psych. Mm. I'm like, ah, oh, this is my thing. <laughs> 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 you know, it's so weird. It's like abnormal psych. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, you know, all of the behaviors that we have, um, all of the like unresolved issues, um, abandonment issues, attachment Mm. issues, all of these things that we started studying. And I'm like, this sounds like me. Like I come to class, I'm like, the professor's talking about my life. (laughs) I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, did you start diagnosing yourself? Because I know every time somebody takes psych, I know when I was taking psych in school, I was just like, oh my gosh, that's me. I'm like this. <laughs> but I was not the kind of student that was like, ah, I have this issue. Like, mm, you know, yeah, this in my yeah. class, there's always this student who comes uh-huh. to class asking for the professor to diagnose. No, I yeah. kept my stuff to myself, but I was silently diagnosing myself. Yeah, okay. no, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I wrote something on the chat because yeah, gotcha, oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, continue, I mean. Yeah, so so then then this is when it started to get stronger for me and I knew like I was gonna stay there but I still wanted to study many things but I know it has to revolve around mental health spiritual mm-hmm. health emotional health and and right now where I am everything in my life revolves around faith 
and wellness, faith and holistic, you know, holistic health for um, women specifically, because I feel Mm. like I have the personal experience around that. I studied that. I read many books about that. When I started switching my reading, I used to read a lot. And then there was Mm -hmm. a point in college when I was reading fiction and I was like very bored while I was while I was reading books, which Mm -hmm. never happened to me. And Mm -hmm. then I switched. Somebody suggested to me, maybe you should um, switch genre. Uh, Mm. Maybe you're not interested in, you know, fiction books anymore. And then I started reading psych books and um, self-help books and all of these things. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I don't see myself switching to do. I will probably still be studying a lot of other things, but it's always going to come down to like faith and wellness for me because of my personal experience with it. Okay. That's great. That's great. I love how you kind of like show your journey of kind of exploring and figuring it out and actually Mm -hmm. getting to that point, which is so nice to see. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people can relate because they feel so lost and they don't really know what they're feeling. But did you always know in the moment what you were feeling or did you kind of like now figure it out? Okay, that's what I was feeling like at like at this age, you're kind of looking back or whatever age it was. And you're like, okay, so I was not myself or I was, you know, feeling all these sort of emotions. I don't know. If you, if you, There was a time where I did not too long ago, actually, in my twenties, where I did the mapping of my journey mm-hmm. because I was so lost studying mm-hmm. all of the things mm-hmm. and couldn't, I couldn't settle on a major in college, mm-hmm. I switched my major more than like four or five times. At some point, they're like, I, I remember one time I had a conversation with an advisor and she's like, well, if you do, um, if you stick to psychology, you can, <laughs> you can include all of the other credit and do a concentration. I think at some point, she, I think she probably like low-key got tired of me coming to like, I don't want to do this major anymore. I want to try this one. Yeah. So I feel so lost because um, I was studying and I was always someone who's interested in studying multiple things. But, you know, you have to pick a major. You have to pick mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So I did not always know where I was going to go. I did not always know that it was going to be social work. Did not always go that it was going to be health and wellness coaching down the line. Mm-hmm. But. All I know that he had to do with human behavior. He had to do with like the inner work. He had to do with um, connecting with someone personally and, um, and all of these kind of things. And I did a mapping of my journey to find the, the things in my life that were always consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I found after, you know, you have, you have to write like random things. What is the one thing that's always consistent for you mm-hmm. since you were little until you were an adult? And what I found is that writing has always been consistent to me. Mm-hmm. My intrigue with human behavior. I mean, not mm-hmm. even, it was not in that word has mm-hmm. always been consistent to me because I used to do, I love like watching people, observing people and do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, like talking, interacting has always been consistent. So I'm like, okay, so it's going to be teaching. It's going to be something to do with mental health and it's going to be writing. And that sums up my whole life. So everything I do, I know he has to touch on one of these passions. As you're saying that, I I remember you bringing me to work with you one time when I went to New York. And I oh wait, where was I? Where was I? Hold on, wait, wait, hold a second. Where was I? You were. Why didn't you come? Actually, you (laughs) went somewhere. You both were in New York at that time. We we were both in New York, and I'm like, I'm gonna come. Okay, that's what what happened was I was in Philly, and I knew that Philly was close to New York. And I'm like, cousin, I'm going to come see you. Like, I'm going to take the bus and try to come see you because you just had um, a baby at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, I came too, though. I came. Yeah, you came, but then I stayed longer. I think Obel um, actually um, had to take a flight in New York. She actually took her flight in New York. We dropped her at the airport and I stayed oh, longer. Right. And then, I'm trying to and remember then, what happened. I, it doesn't no, matter, you stayed but, for that day. She stayed back. You took the flight. And then mm-hmm. you left and she stayed back for that day. But you had the train in the afternoon. 
because you are going to go someplace else and you went to, you came to work with me, right? Yeah, I came then, to work with you. Obel left way before then. Because I think uh, Obel left on a Saturday and then I guess I stayed on a Sunday. I think you had to work during the weekend mm-hmm. and I came to work with That's you. Sorry. So I spent like the, the time with you and I just remember you um, being um, counseling somebody or something. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what exactly you were doing but i just supervision being here yeah you being here for someone that was in need it was kind of like an emergency call and you just had to like be there for that person so like that's just one of my fondest memory of you and like not too long ago she said that like she remembers when she was in new york i used to take her to work with me on sundays because we, you know, she doesn't go to daycare on Sunday. She's like, Ma, I remember when we were in New York. He used to take me to work. Like, no <laughs> I one, feel left no, out. No one was at the office, only her. Like she was oh, the wow. only one there, and she was here for her um her patient or her client. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she really care about these people. That's really <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> What I want to ask is a lot of us struggle with achieving a goal and achieving a dream. We get so focused like on a dream. And once we don't like accomplish it at the time that we want to accomplish it, it kind of like mess with our mental health. So I just want to ask, like, have you ever experienced something like that where you had a dream or a goal where you were so eager to accomplish it, but it was not the time for you to like accomplish it. So you were kind of going through a phase of like, oh my gosh, this is messing with my mental health. Like, have you ever had to deal with, you know, something like that? Yes. Yes. And in so many level, um, Mm -hmm. I had, um, I had personal goal for myself um, Mm -hmm. to, how do I put this? So in terms of like, um, like a, goal goals for professional life and things like that mm-hmm. i have come to a state where i i'm good with flexibility i mm-hmm. stop putting pressure on myself to reach a certain milestone um because i keep feeling like things are changing it's like mm-hmm. i think I, I think that i was this is the goal that i had that i wanted to finish at this time and then boom mm-hmm. I'm pregnant and I have to differ. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have to differ and I have to wait. Then I, you know, I don't graduate at the same, at the age that I thought I was going to graduate, but I graduate later and it's so good. So mm-hmm. I started seeing like a pattern where, you know, mm-hmm. goals change, the outcome change, but life is still good, you know, mm-hmm. to some, to some extent. So mm-hmm. in terms of professional, um, in the professional aspect, Mm-hmm. I guess I've just been adjusting and mm-hmm. and and stay within within things that I I love and been adjusting. But on a personal level, mm-hmm. I struggle with that. Um, aside from my spirituality, but I feel like my spirituality keep me from like breaking down. You know, I don't know if I'm making sense. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have personal goal for my uh, for in like personality rise. Um, behavior wise, mm-hmm. um, I would say I'm one of those people who are very aware of my flaws. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not because like I've heard it, you know, a lot from other people, but it's because sometimes when people say you do that thing that I hate, or, um, I don't like the way, like I listen to people and I'm actually like, I'm actually like that. <laughs> so um, I, I I still get offended. You know, I don't, you know, and I yeah. still get petty. But <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I recognize that that person is telling the truth. And yeah. I think that's one thing that God gave me in a way so that I can keep growing personally and in private and not get too offended by people who might not like the person that I am, mm. but still work on my on improving myself. So I've had personal goal that I don't reach. And mm. um, every time I think that I'm making improvement and I'm like, boom, you know, I'm just right back to square one. Mm. And how I've been dealing with that is mm. 
keeping myself centered around like the word of God mm. and what God says about me and how like no matter what goals that I have about myself that I do not reach, that doesn't make me less of a person. That does not make me, that does not de- decrease my worth exactly. as a person. And and seeing it like that kind of just um, keep me from seeing like, oh, there's no hope for me. Because yeah. I did reach that point in my life where mm-hmm. like something personal that I was struggling with so much that I attempted mm-hmm. to take my own life. So mm-hmm. I think for that point for me, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to get to a point of desperation no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's my boundary. Like I'm never going to get hopeless for you know, whether it's like relationship, whether it's like professional, whether it's for a job, like whatever it is. And the only way that I can keep doing that is because I, I keep focusing on God so much and mm. reading, reading the word and just waiting for him to tell me things. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me from feeling like, you know, I'm not successful or I'm not where I want to be. Like, you know, there's no more hope. Like I have to do this kind of things like that. Nice. You mentioned, you mentioned something that, you know, most people do like face in their life, like some people face in their life. And I feel like most people are facing that in their life right now, where we get to a point where um, the, the thing is the burden is just so heavy on us that we just mm-hmm. want to end our life. We just feel like it's not even worth it anymore. So like, mm-hmm. how did you come to a point? Like, cause you said you almost tried to, um, you know, take mm-hmm. your own life. Like what made you stop at that moment? Like what made you realize like, no, I'm not going to take my life away over this. And I want to double stack that question as well. And mm-hmm. with that um, I, you mentioned that, you know, your, the word of God actually kept you grounded and you were focused on that as well. Like, mm-hmm. is there, let's say someone that has been doing that, but it's not really working for them solely, mm-hmm. like what other options? Cause I know in the Caribbeans, it's kind of hard. I, I mean, for mm-hmm. black people period, but mm-hmm. you know, we're Caribbeans, but like, is there other ways to kind of like cope and try to get help with when it comes to dealing with, um, such mental um well yeah first of all let me say i i i got a lot of therapy <laughs> i don't want to i don't i don't want to put it out like the word of god kept me whole mm-hmm. i had a whole lot of therapy mm-hmm. um from before i went to the hospital to when i came out of the hospital i was in just like therapy all the way and sometimes i would just stop after a year i'll stop and then you know, things start happening in my life again. And I feel like um, my anxiety starts to get too much. And then I book another session with another therapist or something. So Mm. I've always, actually, only the past three years that I haven't been to therapy. And I Mm. feel like because I'm at a point where I'm like, you know, I kind of just understand my own coping skills and how to manage Mm -hmm. and how to understand myself. And I'm reading the word and that's enough for me now. Mm. But back then it was not enough because I was still praying a lot, but it was not enough because I was very broken. So Mm. Nana, what you said, I did not stop myself. I Mm. actually went through it. I went through it. Mm. And then, you know, after I took the pill, I I drank a whole bottle of Tylenol with cooking wine, mind you. So after Mm. I did that, I went to the you know, I started vomiting and JC because we had already been married and it was like in our early marriage, we did not have kids yet. And then he came home and found me and then he was, he gave me milk. Because, um, you know, in our culture, you give people milk when they have poison right. and stuff. Right. And then I vomited a, a, some of it. But then when I was like in so much pain, he called 911 and I went to the hospital and that's when they said, you know, if we don't pump your stomach, you're going to die tonight and all of these things. So at that point, when they said that, I realized like the extent mm. of what I did, just, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, mm. I, I was hopeless for a while. And then I actually went through it, you know, cause I didn't yeah. think that I would get to a point where I would want to stop because 
I love my life. I I I I used to have like girls' night out. I was doing well mm-hmm. in school and all of these things, but I was mm-hmm. just almost like oh, I was dealing with a lot of anger issue and attachment mm-hmm. issue and stuff, mm-hmm. and on and off in in my relationship because um, JC and I we've been together for a long time, so he's seen everything. <laughs> so it was like you know on and off and things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like my eyes open. I, at the hospital and Mm. a social worker came to me and she said, don't you want to have kids? You know, you know, Mm. I see you're very young. Don't you want to have kids? You know, when I get married, I'm like, I'm already married because I was married at 21, got married at 21. And she's like, like, but don't you look forward to having kids and having a nice future? I'm like, yeah, I actually want kids. She's like, then keep thinking about that. Focus on that. Focus on your future. Mm-hmm. And as she was saying that, mm-hmm. I, I I remember thinking, where did it come from? Like the disconnect, me thinking about my future and then me trying to end my life. Like it made mm-hmm. no sense to me. And then at that point, I made the decision. I'm like, I'm never going to get that hopeless again in my life for any wow. reason. And I got angry. So mm. when I came out, it was like I went all the way left, which was mm. not also healthy mm. because, you know, before I was just like moving through things, you know, moving right. through things. But then I came out of the hospital, I'm like, oh, nobody's going to get in my way. So that was a good either. <laughs> you felt kind of fearless. <laughs> I was too fearless. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to. So it was like I was defensive, always mm-hmm. ready to tell somebody when they're wrong. Yeah. So very outspoken about my dream. So you redirected like your anger. <laughs> <laughs> I redirected that anger towards mm-hmm. the life that I want to create for myself. Mm-hmm. And that was not healthy. It was not healthy for my marriage because we were still mm-hmm. both very young. It was mm-hmm. not healthy for me as a person. And it was not healthy. It started to get in my work because then mm-hmm. when I became a supervisor, I was supervising other people, even though I was really great at my job, I would say. But my my thing with like wanting things to be a certain way and like taking things like too personal and stuff kind of just get in the way of how I interact with other people. Mm-hmm. So then I met God again. <laughs> you know, at 29, I met God again. I started having nightmares and things, you know, everything was going wrong. And then I had a dream where I was just, I was like looking for something. I was in a, I was in my neighborhood, Mm -hmm. um, somewhere close and looking for someone, looking for someone. And then Mm -hmm. a man came and grabbed my hand and say, let me go show you your father. And the Mm -hmm. man took me in a building and I saw there was like a long line of people just waiting to see a man who's just sitting at a table. And I saw the Mm -hmm. man kind of just took me right to the man sitting at the table. And Mm -hmm. right when I get to him, he kind of just hold my hand. And I felt right when he held my hand, I felt like, ah, this is my dad. This is my father. Wow. And I woke up and I started to be more interested in like reading the Bible. And I started mm-hmm. calling God like father, which I, you know, it was just like God and Jesus. But I started yeah. like when I say father, it's like a, a new meaning for me. And I yeah. felt like I, I have some like I for the first time in my life, I felt like, you know, this is someone that I can trust any day, anytime, any hour. Mm. So I'm good. And yeah. that became like a core for me. And mm. kind of just keeping me together. <laughs> That's a great testimony. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. I had no idea. Um, the funny thing is that um, a lot of people are like going through life and yeah. they kind of look like, oh my gosh, their life is perfect. They're achieving great things. They have a master degree. They're smart. They're married. They have money, but they have some type of eternal stuff that they are facing within themselves, like some type of trauma, some type of um, 
you know, childhood um, problem or daddy issues or whatever you may call mm-hmm. it, that they're constantly battling. But we as people, we don't even see that. So mm-hmm. is there a way where we can kind of like check in on our friend to kind of check mm. in on their mental health? Like, how do you go up? Like, if you had a friend during that time, do you feel like your friend actually knew that you were going through those hard time or your friend probably thought you were fine? If you understand where I'm going with that question. Great question. Yeah. I don't think anybody, I think everybody knew that, that was fine. Wow. Um, I think it was, it was just a very isolating thing for me, for my life. The only person I would say, not all of my friends, Jace is not included. He's the only person who knew that I was, mm-hmm. that I was not well, not doing well. And, um, because you know how we were raised, right? Or you know, you know, a grandmother <laughs> <laughs> definitely you have to be well behaved. Like I'm never gonna go out. Like nobody would ever catch me having an argument on the street with anybody. You're never gonna see my anger with anybody in my workplace, anybody in my church. Like nothing outside. So everybody knew me as mm-hmm. someone who's put together. So yep. nobody noticed anything. And everybody was shocked. I mean, not everybody. People who knew was shocked. You know, like, mm-hmm. what happened? What happened to her? And things like that. Like, nobody mm-hmm. knew anything of my business. In fact, the only people that I shared things that happened to me was, you know, was my husband. So mm-hmm. for for people to what you say, what well, how would I check on a friend? I would say we need to be mindful with how we're showing up. Mm. One thing that I do on my personal page, because I know I'm always announcing stuff, (laughs) you know, there is a part of me that's still like really into myself, but there is another part of me that's like very aware that I'm not all that. And I think that's very helpful to other women around you because you're not Mm -hmm. necessarily going to take the phone and check on somebody. You know, mm. you know, I'm not going to be like, hey, how's, how's your mental health? <laughs> you know, how are you doing today? How are you feeling today? What's happening? And sometimes those people who are going through stuff, they don't want to talk to you either. Yeah. But if we are mindful on how we are showing up, people might just come up and open up to you and start to, I've had that happen in, on my page where, you know, I show up as myself and some other days I open up and some other days I'm like, you know, this is a kind of issue that I'm thinking about or I've experienced. This is how I dealt with it. And people see that and they take the little bit that's for them. Yeah. And then later on, they're like, oh, you remember when you shared this? That was very helpful to me. That's checking yeah. in on somebody. Yeah. You know, we wow. think, I think the way we check on people, we think we have to get the phone, check on somebody and call them and say, hey, how are you doing? Or call. Mm. It's not always like, uh, and I feel like as women too, mostly if you are someone who's successful, you need to be very mindful on how you're showing up. And yep. there is that thing of, you know, like when we are successful, oh, I'm just confident. I'm not going to dim my light for people. People Ooh. are jealous of me. I think we need to move away from, because sometimes it's not about you dimming your life. It's about you understanding that this woman next to you is feeling like jealous or some type of way because they want to be there and they don't know how to ask you. They don't know how to approach you. They don't know where to start. And they feel like they want to be where you are. Yeah. And they feel hopeless in their situation because yeah. you're unapproachable. So yeah. if we are mindful of these, of these kind of things, then that changed the way that we show up in our environment, in our community. And um, we're not always going to get it right. You know, you're still going to be your petty self. You're still going to be <laughs> unapproachable in some way. Yeah. But if you balance that, I'm not saying to put on a show for people. Like if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it because people will see it when you're faking it. But if you balance that, like I can still be confident. I can still feel successful. I can still talk about how I love my life, even though it's not perfect every day, but some other days I can just open up and tell you, you know, this is what's happening. This is how you deal with it. Or this is what happened to me. This is how I dealt with it. Mm. And that vulnerability put people in a comfortable place yes. where they can take the lesson for themselves or even mm-hmm. tell you what's going on with them. Yeah. Because you've 
you've created like a, a safe a, space, a presence, a safe space. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You've created a safe space where people can be like, you know what? I haven't been feeling well for the past few days. Can I talk to you for a minute? But yeah. if you're always like, I'm successful, I'm confident, I'm not going to dim my light for you, get mm-hmm. get used to it. You know, what are you saying to other women? <laughs> you, you talking reminding me of a show I was watching and I saw multiple times two women doing that. <laughs> so, young, was it young, African and millionaire? That yes. Was, that was the one, one. And then there was another one too. There was another one too, actually. It's another um, show. It was that one and another show. I can't recall which one. I was like, oh my gosh, why do women feel like they have to do that? Too. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, you're a boss lady, yeah. but you're in a circle of women, okay? Yes. And and when you're in a circle of women, I feel like as women, you don't always have to compete. It's exhausting, you know? It is. Everybody <laughs> know you're successful. Everybody know you have all of it together. Yeah. But there are moments where you need to kind of just like be yeah, and exactly. create the space for space. women to just be comfortable around you. And she was and going through the same thing. And she went through the same thing. And yeah. she went through the same thing. Yes, she's saying, oh, they have problem with me because I'm confident when I walk into a room, people feel intimidated. I have walked. And I think the fact that you know that people can be intimidated by you should also be a reminder for you to create that safe space because I've been in my, a problem that I had with friendship is Mm. that I've always lost my friends. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I I always lose friends. I have friends. And then all of a sudden we don't talk anymore. And it's, it's, it was like a pattern, a pattern, a pattern. And I always like, Oh, you know, they feel intimidated. Like they, Mm -hmm. they can't deal with it. Me. This is me. This is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one point where I am in my life right now, the way that I am seeing it, I'm like, did I create that safe space or yeah. was I on all the time? Exactly. You know how when you own all the time and everybody yeah. feel like little when they're around you? Yeah. Like if you always own. <laughs> yeah, I get you. Like, yeah. There's no space for me to come in and be myself around you and things. That's but, true. If I, if you make that space, then maybe they feel like, you know, there's room for me to hang out. I can kind of just stay around and things. And there is the other side of this too. You don't always have to do that because you always have to care for yourself. You know, we are all different at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. You know, you can't just try to be understanding, try to be understanding. People also have to be understanding toward you as well. Mm. That was that so powerful. True. So, so mm-hmm. powerful. I love everything you just said, but most importantly, I think it's so important for you to be self-aware. And I think that's what you're just basically mm-hmm. telling us mm-hmm. is that the self-awareness mm-hmm. of what wh- what you're capable of as well as knowing which environment you're in so that you can make people feel comfortable as well. Because that is that is not a quality that I feel like people... That's something you, you have to work on. Because mm-hmm. it's not always... I don't think people want to work on that. They're like, oh, well, why do I have to be small? You have to come up to me. Like, you know, it's all. You have to go down. And you know what I realized? You know what I realized though? But even though what they don't understand is that because uh, we're Christian, obviously, but Jesus literally had to humble himself a lot. Do you know who he is? Like, And he still humbled himself. And who are we? And wow. what I'm and then another thing that's a highlight of everything you were talking about is the power of vulnerability. Like being yeah. vulnerable can save people's lives. Yes. Yes. If you're able to like humble yourself and be vulnerable, share your experiences, that's gonna make people be able to connect with you and mm-hmm. also you'll be able to save someone's life. We that's don't have true. to act like everything is perfect. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. The thing about this world that we live in, the whole social media, um, the platform of social media is for us to just show our perfect side all the that time. That is true. So now all we're seeing every day is people's perfect life. So mm. we're thinking like, oh my we're thinking like, oh my gosh, like this person have it all. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling right now. But what we <laughs> need to realize is that social media is fake. And I just wish that people start to be more vulnerable because vulnerability is basically saving lives. 
Yes, you know? definitely. What to do with women? I think women yeah. have, and I have a perfect example of that. And there is another way that women can support women without having to say anything. If you are at a place and a man is trying to use you to put down another woman, you need to refuse any type of compliment. And and the way that I'm saying that is that sometimes people will use us against each other. Yes. And you think it's a compliment. Like it's yes. not a compliment to me if you are doing it to put down the sister next to me. Yep. You know? And 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 I think as women, we I mean, we're all competitive at the end of the day. That's fine. But I yeah. think sometimes the way to support each other mm-hmm. is just like standing in up. Thing, in the little thing. It's not always saying, oh, I support your sister. Or, hey, mm-hmm. don't do that to her. Or advocate for her. But it's the little thing. I remember one time I went to a, a double date a dinner and then um the girl was just like you know she was ordering something and then her date was like well you're gonna eat all that and like i felt like because she was getting with at that point and i felt like it was dismissive toward her and i intentionally other more food (laughs) (laughs) because you know i don't have to say hey don't talk to her like that or but hey, don't say that. You don't always have to voice it. Sometimes you just show support without wow. having to say, hey, we are bestie. I understand wow. you. So wow. I eat the food and I'm like, yeah, we need to eat. We need strength. And then and then it becomes like less of a thing where it was just her probably going to feel very bad about it later. You change. Yeah. We, we turn the whole situation into something funny and, and fun. Right. And and I think we don't do these kind of things enough. And I, I am learning to do these things like more like you don't always have to say, oh, hey, sis, or advocate mm-hmm. and, you know, get the thing and start marching. Mm-hmm. You support mm-hmm. your sister sometimes even mm-hmm. by not saying it. That is very true. Very true. Wow. I feel like we're learning so many gems from you, Pat. And also, I know you also have... Um, the um, La Dissension Co. Company, which you're doing so amazing, like you're doing an amazing job with that. And what are um, some tips you want to give women? Because I know you, your audience is, you know, mostly women and children. Um, what are some tips you can give women now that are battling with um, some type of mental illness or mental um, um, issues or things that are stopping them from being the best version of themselves? What are some tips? Like what are three great tips you can leave those women with mm-hmm. so that they can take care of their mental health and wellness or in general. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I always recommend is go, go, go in, go in. Um, whenever mm. you feel like you're struggling a lot and the way that you do that is put down on, I mean, for myself, it, it works on paper, but some people might think, you know, they have to record or they have to talk to someone about it. Um, put down all of these things that you feel like that you're struggling with and, um, and, and things that make you feel really bad about yourself and like, kind of just make a list of these things Mm -hmm. so you can see them for what they are. And Mm. once you know where the toxic things are, Mm -hmm. um, if you can kind of just remove them or avoid them or improve on them, or if there are people stay away from those people, like don't be afraid to cut off people and Mm -hmm. move on and withdraw from any kind of like networking. That's not supportive of you because sometimes we are sucking on things. We don't even realize it, you know, you're feeling bad about yourself. And it's not even because you're not doing well. It's because you have so many friends bragging all the time. Because, <laughs> you know, and if you don't go in, I'm like, okay, so I, I've been feeling very shitty about myself. What's happening? You know, mm-hmm. where is this coming from? What are the things when I'm around them? I don't feel well. I don't mm. feel good. And then once you know what they are, you have to make that list. And once you know what they are, then you can be like, okay, so it's that girl, it's that person, it's that place, mm-hmm. it's that ice cream, whatever it is, mm. you pinpoint that. Yeah. And um, I guess the second thing would be to find to find something to hold on to. Um, and and that could be in form of like support, that could be in form of like 
getting professional help. That could be writing. It could be a coping skill, something that you do. And I remember Obel was reminded me of that. I tell people that and she's like, what do you do for yourself? Or, you know, when I'm going through anxiety, she's like, what did you do for yourself this week? You, once you have something to hold on to, then I can always go back to that thing. And I don't suggest making that thing a person because the thing with having a person as your center or your core, if it's not God, that you can always go to. People are not always available for you. Mm. And people are always changing. Maybe I think I'm coming all vulnerable and we're not going to have, you know, a feeling moment where you understand me. And that person is thinking about their own problem. Mm. And they, they're not able to give you what you need for that moment. Then you feel offended and worse than the way that you were. So mm-hmm. it can't always be a person. And for me, it's reading, like, it's reading the Bible or... um. Mm. Or asking God to talk to me or praying and praise, praise and worship. Um, Mm -hmm. These kind of things help. It has to be, you have to have something that you can go back to, even when you don't feel like it. And the third thing, the last thing that I would say would be start making a a plan of where you want to go. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. the best way to get out of a a bad place or, or feeling hopeless is to start looking toward what you want that to be, what you want your life to be, and what is it that you want. Because if you're saying, like, I'm hopeless, uh, you know, I'm discouraged, I don't know what to do, but you don't have any place to be, then your body and your feelings are saying, yeah, there's nothing out there for you. You're not going anywhere anyway. But if if I have a place that I want to be, and that's kind of like what the social worker told me, like, do you want to have children in the future? Mm -hmm. Like, If I have a place to be, then even mm. if I'm discouraged, even if somebody just insulted me and I just got fired, but I have a place to be, you know, mm. you know, mm. people are just mocking me, making fun of me, but I have a place to be. So you kind of like I can keep moving along, moving through the to the dirty stuff because I have somewhere that I want to be. And it's always important for that to be like a future plan. Um, that would be like the three things that I can think of right now to share. Well said. Well, well said. said. Beautiful. <laughs> well, we want to get to the fun part. Yes. Oh. Yes, the fun part. <laughs> Obel has some uh, good question. We usually like to play a game with our guests. So Obel will kind of lead us with that. Yes. So just get it's it's going to be fun. And I feel like for the most part, we're I pick questions that we really don't know, because I mean, we know you, but there are certain things that we might not know. But mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. Just just, you know, it's going to be a fun ride. So, I like to keep my answer so short. The, yes. I mean, the game is actually for us mostly. And then we kind of answer. So what it is, is that my sister and I, um, we're going to, you know, have I ever but we're going to be have Patricia ever done this, right? And then me and my sister will guess whether or not she have. And uh. if and you have to keep a serious face because you can't answer yet. And then we guess. And then you're going to tell us who's correct. And then tell us the story behind it if there is one. If you, if you have one. Okay? So we're going to... <laughs> I'm nervous. It's not, it's not gonna. I mean, it's gonna. Some of them gonna be embarrassing, but they're not gonna be that bit, that bad, that bad. Okay, it's, it's not gonna be that bad. <laughs> we'll see. And if you if you feel uncomfortable, just give us the wink, and I'll change the question. By the way, you're a married woman, so we're gonna go a little bit raunchy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Oh my goodness. My oh, so. okay. <laughs> All right. First first question. Have Patricia ever gone skinny dipping? I'm going to say no. What about you, Nana? I'm going to say yes. I like to think that she has. All right. So define, now it's your turn. Define skinny dipping. I kind of know what it is, but I want to be sure before. So basically, if you ever been to a beach and you took out all your clothes or a pool, it doesn't have to be water, a beach or a pool and jump in the water, just, just naked, like naked, and just swimming away. No. Um, <gasps> oh, Bell. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Points on me. Maybe all right. I didn't ask them. <laughs> We lived in Old Cab. How come you did not do that? You see, I didn't know, but I put up because of her. You sure you didn't do that in Old Cab? Not all the way, though. 
Exactly. That all the way. Skinny bra. dipping would be like we moving everything. Everything. Yes, no but pennies. No. Not your bra. No, it's I not skinny dipping. Bra, but not skinny dipping. No, 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 no. Oh, like that's no. That's not skinny dipping. You know what skinny dipping is. Cheating. It was, it was, yeah, it was in. Um, I went to. I actually put that in my novel. Some, you know. That's why I said yes, by novel the way. that I wrote a while ago. By the way, um, by the way, it was, was in, it in your book? book. Was it in your book? The the book that you wrote that I read. Yeah, the one that and, you read, yeah. I put a little, something like that where they were bathing in the river and stuff and they didn't have any tops on. By the way, that's why I said that because I remember <laughs> reading your book and I'm like, I don't know if the main character is her, but I'm just going to assume that it is. So I'm going to be like, yes. So what's the main character? I wanted to ask you that. Oh like, my God. What's the main character you in the book? <laughs> Not all the way. I did some exactly, changes, you know, exactly. to make it juicy. You know, exactly. obviously, I did not marry someone who sells coffee, who, who's a farmer, you know, but it's part of my story. <laughs> Thank God. I remember, I remember, I remember telling you, like, I don't know, I have a love-hate relationship with the main character. And then you're like, really? So I thought, oh, dude, that really meant, like... It might be her. <laughs> oh the behavior aspect of it, like the right, yeah. right stuff. So you know, but the behavioral aspect of it is very much me. And I did have that experience in Paul Mago, like the whole thing. And I went to Jacques Mel, but that didn't happen because that was like a church camp. Nobody can remove yeah. it. Yeah. In Paul Mago. Um, mm-hmm. there is like this, you know, this little basin, they call them, where we, it was just girls, just us, just me and two other girls. We were there just bathing and then we, we removed our tops. We mm-hmm. went in the little river just with our panties and then boys started to pass by. <laughs> <laughs> and then a bunch of fans started to be, you know, it's like all right. of a sudden, you all know, right. people passing by. And then yeah. we were fine. I, I didn't feel, feel like embarrassed. First, I was like, oh, people are coming. And then when I see the other girls were just like, I'm like, okay. Comfortable. Yeah. 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 Honest, that happens like a lot. Too. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So let's Bye. move on. Naika trying to get to a point. It's okay. There's a lot more. There's like four more questions. So you, you get a chance to get a point. Never have Patricia ever sang karaoke. You answer first, Naika, since you... Want a point so bad? Maybe She's you never get this. Seen karaoke? Like, yeah, has she done karaoke before? I do karaoke at home, so I'm assuming people do so too. So no, has she yeah. ever ever sang karaoke somewhere? Like, like actually went out and did karaoke like we do, like the stuff. Like that's the question. I mean, I would, karaoke can be done at home too. I know, but that's not karaoke if we're just singing to a song that we love. Karaoke is mm-hmm. actually having the mic and then you singing okay, with the... Oh, that's a hard one. I would say no. I'm going to say yes this time around. Oh, Belle is right. <laughs> I did it twice. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that. I'll oh, talk to you every day, seven days a week. Pat, I knew she was going to say that, but Pat, do I, I ask you those questions? No, it's not it's exactly. Not about asking her those That's why. I, like, oh, I'm going out tonight. I'm gonna no, go never. No. And, and she wouldn't because at that time we weren't that close. Exactly. Because it was it was even before Jake Chloe. Actually, oh, I have a funny story. Okay, give it. It was before ahead. Jake Chloe. I knew she was going to try to use my closeness to you as if I'm cheating, but I purposely chose answers that I absolutely know nothing about, but because I only know her, I'm guessing based on her. I have a Would you like to hear the story? Yes, yeah, <laughs> go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. So the first time was with my girlfriends at that time in New York, we went to New York City, and and we, we were supposed to go to some lounge and stuff. Yes, I used to go out to lounges. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, you know, the night went bad for, you know, personal reasons. And we ended up at a um, a place where we did not choose a karaoke place. And then, you know, they bought us like finger food. That was the first time, but the second time. So I had this friend in college 
we we were very comfortable with each other. We were in like um, same class. We were in honors club together. And I really like her and I feel like she liked me too. And we went, she's like, oh, I'm preparing that thing where we can go out and stuff. We go to Central Park in New York. So we went biking and that was that. And one time, when another time she invited me, she's like, oh, let's go, let's go get dinner. So I told my husband that I'm supposed to go out and dinner, um, to dinner with a friend in college and stuff. So we went out and then we got pizza um, to a place, pizza and wine, very fancy. And then we went to a karaoke place after that. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy sitting at the bar that was back then. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, um, the guy was like, well, you, you both are so beautiful and stuff. Like, we're not kind of just want to, like, approaching the both of us together. Mm-hmm. And she says, I wouldn't mind. And at that point, I started to put two and two together. Yes, <laughs> I, I just did too. That's why I was like, menage toi. <laughs> not just that. I st- like it's almost like you know when you're watching this movie and then at mm-hmm. the end and then the main actor realize everything that's been happening it's like that person close to you I'm like hold up let me rewind and and I'm like okay she's not friendly like she's into me wow. <laughs> oh my god oh my god and I remember telling that to a co-worker mm-hmm. I mean, two co-workers at lunchtime one time, and then they're like, hold on, you guys went biking to Central Park and you never had any idea? I'm like, it's a girlfriend. She said, let's go biking to Central Park. They're like, oh my gosh. you never suspected anything. Somebody oh tell my- you, let's go biking to Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that was a thing. So that was a thing in New York. Like, if you go biking in Central Park, then the person is basically... I don't even think it was a thing, but I guess it was like a string of things. You know, even though you do these things with your girlfriend, but at that point, I'm like, "Mm." you started looking back, started to scratch my neck. I'm like, you know what? I should probably go back home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But we did karaoke that night. We sing, and then I'm like, you know what? Let's go back home. (laughs) Cool, cool. Yeah. So you took took her on home at the end of the night. Okay, let's make the let's make this clear. I did not take a woman home with me. You told her, you told her, let's wrap up the karaoke and go back home. That's what I heard. We're not about to start fire on this podcast, okay? We're not, we're not about to start fire. Oh lord! I have a question. Oh my god! Okay, now now you can go ahead and ask your question. Did Patricia ever want to be a doctor when she was younger? I'll start. I'll say yes. I think yes, too. Because yeah. of the medical. Yeah, I think everybody at some point wanted to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah, I guess I got it. <laughs> she got a point. She got a point. She was fetching that point. She was fetching yeah. that point. Okay, I'm so like- let's do our last question for double points. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let's do our last question for double points because we have to wrap it up with the, our time. You know, it's getting late. She got babies. <laughs> so, just all right. sleeping. <laughs> all right. Have Patricia ever used someone else's toothbrush? Oh, oh my God. Okay, I gave it away. You gave it away. I was going to say absolutely not. Do you know her husband? <laughs> exactly. That would have been too easy. That would have been too easy. If I were to do that, my husband would probably be like, okay, we're not together anymore. (laughs) He would disown you. He would disown you. Dead. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Children. Oh, Lord. That's so funny. Okay, let me ask another question. I know you give it away. That is so disgusting, but it's okay. People actually, I'm thinking about someone who actually did that before, but anyway. Um, Okay, so I have two questions. Have Patricia ever fought in public and have Patricia ever crashed a wedding? Which one do you want to go with, Nana? Fought in public. Oh my God. (laughs) You go first, Obel. All right, so have Patricia ever fought in public? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too, because she said she was feisty and she always want to 
have a little quick mouth. I'm, I'm thinking if you were born in Ocap, you had a fight at some point in your life. Fighting in public? Yeah. Yeah, throw hands or verbal with a classmate or something. Somebody. And my high school days. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So, okay. I guess uh, let me explain, okay? First okay. of all, I'm Kevin, a good girl. Kevin, heart yourself, girl. Kevin, heart yourself through this story. Let, let me explain. explain. I don't like fighting, you know, in public with people and things. And there was a point where I was like, I think I was very naive. And then when I started to switch that, then I was like, don't mess with me in high school. I had I had that attitude of don't mess with me. So there was a time where I, I was a little clicky. I had a click. It was three of us, three girls. And then the whole class actually had a problem with us. I don't remember what it was about. And there was a girl who was, who was I remember that day, she was just saying stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember... It was like weekly Asio and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. I remember standing in the classroom and putting her in her place. And people were talking at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows what happened next. So, yeah. So, no, nothing happened. I did not get um, into a fight. I've never... Hold on. In, in high school, too, there was a time where that happened. But then after that, it never happened again. I was I was very like I was a child. I didn't even know it was gonna happen. Um, but then that was it. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, I still want Nana. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was so nice having you, Pat. Like I think this was the funnest podcast so far because I guess we know you, and your family. Mm-hmm. But it was a pleasure to have you on, and we're so excited. And we want you to tell the people where they can follow you. If you have your businesses, name them all so that they can go ahead and go purchase. And go ahead, tell us about your businesses and where they can find you on social yes. media. So find me on social media on my personal page at Patricia M. Desert. And then find my business page at La Distinction Co. But most importantly, go to LaDistinctionCo.com to buy um, planners or gift box that is um, gift boxes that are faith-based and mugs and all of those beautiful things that I created myself and curated myself. So the website is LaDistinctionCo.com. And the pages at that distinction go very easy. Very, very easy, guys. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Guys, don't forget to go check those links out. They're great. I have some of the products myself, so they're very useful. So go mm-hmm. get go grab yourself one. And thank you so much, Pat, for being here with us. And it was oh, fun I'm having so you. You were not yeah. nice. Like I feel like you you guys are like, you know, my sisters. Of course, all of my cousins are my sisters, but you guys we we have Way history. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Sorry, other cousins. We have that effect. <laughs> I feel like I love you guys so much. You are doing such a good job with this. I cannot wait until you start um, talking about young African and millionaires. Um, (laughs) So I can come on. I'm inviting myself just so you know. Definitely coming back on. Definitely coming back on for that one. Thank you. Thank you, cuz.